You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in the driver's seat, and today... I really want to talk about more of the Jimbo Fisher press conference. I really want to break down what he said. What are some things you want to look forward to after SEC media days? But I can't because there is a bigger story right now. And that is the expansion potentially of the SEC. It is such a big deal that every single person in the SEC is talking about it. And how does this affect Texas A&M on a more broader spectrum? Now, before we do any of that, NBA draft goat Chad Ford and locked on NBA draft host Raphael Bowerler and locked on NBA host John Carlisle will be hosting this year's live NBA draft. It's part of the locked on NBA draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow locked on NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Before we begin, make sure you're following me on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. Name for all of you watching right on Tigna, right down there below. I am the host of the show and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to make this a more quality sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12 fan related content found here on LLP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, listen on the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. So again, This is the biggest storyline. This is going to be the biggest storyline for a while because no one really knows what the actual game plan is moving forward. But what we do know for a fact is Texas and Oklahoma want to lead the Big 12. They want to be done. They want out. This is something that has been in the works internally from people that I've spoken to for at least the last six months. And now they are looking for a revenue to find a new conference. Now, these are two very different teams. You got to keep that in mind because when you look at what Oklahoma is, they've won the Big 12 six straight years in a row. They're favorites to go for a seventh straight, and they're looking for an avenue for probably more competition. When you look at Texas, they bring in the most revenue of any team that is probably a very average program or above average, not elite. You're not talking about the Texas A&Ms, the Ohio States, the Clemsons, the Alabamas. Probably could throw in a USC and Oregon. Actually, I'll throw USC in that same category as Texas. They bring in revenue like crazy, and they would immediately match what the SEC is looking for. But the question is, how does this affect Texas A&M? Well, keep in mind that this has been a very long time coming. A lot of people have been talking about how Texas A&M and Texas should have the rivalry back. Texas A&M and Texas were so dominant, and it was the most watched game usually during that Thanksgiving night or that Thanksgiving weekend because of how successful Texas versus Texas A&M was. It was always a big-time game, and everyone always loved the rivalry because it was the Lone Star showdown. And for 50 years, it was the can't-miss game in November, but that was in the Big 12. Just remember that when A&M played Texas in basketball in 2019 – It wasn't that big of a deal. 2020, my bad. In 2020, early 2020. It wasn't that big of a deal. It really wasn't that big of a deal. But what's funny is Texas A&M baseball played Texas baseball earlier this year. They won 2-0. And immediately after he got the final strikeout, Chandler Joswiak went horns down. 
So in some cases, it is a big deal. Texas A&M has been on the record for a minute that they want nothing, and I mean nothing to do with the fact that Texas A&M, I mean, the Texas, my bad, wants to join the conference. They've made it very, very clear. And Ross Bjork had to come out yesterday on the Paul Feinbaum show and say the exact same thing. We love being in the SEC. We love being the only program in the state of Texas, and we're going to maintain that position. We're going to maintain that position, but we're also going to make sure that we are the leader in college athletics, and we'll see what the future holds. Keep in mind that back in 2010, I want to say it was 2010, 2011, this was a big, big, big deal. Like a very big deal. One of those things that was monumental. I remember when the Big 12 was still the Big 12. And everyone's always like, well, it is the Big 12. Yes, by name, but not by actual recognition. They are actually the Big 10, and the Big 10 is actually the Big 14. They have 14 schools in there. The Big 12 has 10. They don't have two more. But the year before Texas A&M and Missouri left for the SEC, Nebraska left for the Big 10, and Colorado went to the Pac-12. Remember, that was a very big deal because of everyone was saying, what happens next? What happens to the Big 12? And a few years ago, the Big 12 almost dissolved. They were going to send Oklahoma, Texas, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, and I want to say it was TCU. I don't know. Don't quote me. They were going to send those five to the Pac-12, and the Pac-12 was actually going to become the Pac-16, which could happen still in a different format, and we'll get to that later. But instead, the Big, Ten, uh, the Pac- the Big 12 decided not to do it. Now, remember, in 2011, former Texas A&M president came out and said that we are seeing change, and it is inevitable. And the next year, A&M and Missouri departed the Big 12, and they went to the SEC. Now, for anyone wondering this, could Texas A&M and Texas still play each other? Yes, that's an actual thing. Because of not only would it be a division rival, but if they are in the same division, they would have to play each other. But at the same time, you always have that one cross-division rival. You look at Auburn. They play Georgia every year. Alabama, they play Tennessee every year. Arkansas plays Missouri every year. And Texas A&M plays South Carolina because they were kind of the one left out. That's just how it went. If you add Texas to this division and they're in the East and A&M is in the West, which could happen, I don't know, but it could. It is a very big possibility. Then you have to wonder, is Texas A&M going to be okay with this because part of the main reason they wanted out of the big 12 was they were tired of playing Texas. They were done with the rivalry. They were done. They want to move on. And I do wonder, is that going to be a big deal moving forward? Is that going to be something that does maybe ruin Texas A&M's figure in the sec? They've come out and made it abundantly clear that they do not want to play Texas. They do not like Texas. They do not think Texas is worth their standards, and they don't believe that Texas should be even in the conversation with them. And in a way, they're kind of right. Because look at AM. AM is coming off a 9 1 season in 2020 in an all SEC schedule. Not only that, they finished with the highest AP ranking since 1939 underneath Jimbo Fisher. 
And Jimbo Fisher now has this team returning nine veterans on defense. I think it's five or six offensively. Yeah, it's uh, it's six offensively because of they're replacing four offensive linemen and a uh, uh, um, sorry, I'm uh, sorry, a quarterback, Colin Mont. Yeah, that was blank. So they're really right there. And there's a very good shot that they finish in the top five in the preseason rankings on every single poll. And on top of that, there's a very good chance that they finish top 10 in every single ranking by the end of the season, with the only loss potentially coming to Alabama in week six. They're right there. Oklahoma maybe has an argument right now because they're a six-time Big 12 winner. Texas hasn't won anything since 2009. And that's a big deal because of the slogan in the Southeastern Conference is, it just means more. Well, for Texas, more what? More losses? More heartbreak? More disappointment? More what exactly is the question? And when you look at what recruiting has done, Texas A&M in the SEC gives them the benefactor of the doubt in areas that Texas doesn't have. So yes, in a way, it does reflect and does affect recruiting. Because you look at Texas A&M, they're able to go into houses, they're able to go into into schools, they're able to go to junior colleges and say, hey, we want you to play in the conference that features the most NFL talent every single year, and now with the new NIL ruling, you'll get paid. Texas comes in, they can make that same argument, and they have a deal still with ESPN on the Longhorn Network through 2031, which is a very big deal. Because if even though you have sites like TechSags and you know 24-7 and all that, TechSags isn't a national network that's just AM. At Texas, it's basically the Big 12 network. I mean, if you ever watch the show, it basically is Big 12. But at the same time, the prime focus is Texas. And deservingly so when your name is the Longhorn Network. This is really interesting. But what's most of interesting than anything else is. How does this affect the SEC as a whole? And how does this affect Texas A&M with scheduling? Because of every single time you look at this, they have to play six teams in their division every year. Done deal. They have to. They've already announced that they would probably make it nine games in conference. So you would lose one of your four, you know, whatever games. Yeah, you still could probably play a Miami in 2024. Yeah, you could still play a Notre Dame in 2037. Yeah, you still could play a Wisconsin in uh, 2039. Those would not go away. But like the Prairie View A&M or like the uh, Chattanooga or something like that, that would go away. You wouldn't have that game anymore. You wouldn't have that like tune-up game before your rivalry in week 11 or week 12. You wouldn't have that game. You instead would have another SEC game. And that's where it becomes really important for Texas A&M if they're trying to show that they are going to be taking that next step along in the SEC. This episode of Lockdown Aggies is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Did you know that Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone because all the bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. If you don't know what Bilt Bar flavors are, well, you're missing out because if you could get a Cherry Barcia, a Raspberry, a Mint Brownie, a Salted Caramel, an Orange, or whatever flavor you want. If you don't know what you want, that's okay because you can get the mix box that gives you two flavors of every single one of the nine. The bars are very healthy for you because they have 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 
four or five grams of sugar and only four or five grams of net carbs. Every single flavor is great. So whatever you want to order, you can have them. Plus, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Isn't that neat? Go visit BillBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll receive 50% off with a welcome bonus. That's 50% off when you use the promo code LOCK15 at BillBar.com. Stop eating the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BillBar.com. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, let's get this conversation going. Let's continue what we're talking about. Oklahoma, Texas joined the SEC. How does this affect the actual conference? How does this affect Texas a Well, a lot of ways, actually. So let's start off with this. You now have 16 teams in the SEC. That's automatically a very big deal. Because 16 teams makes eight divisions. Or, I mean, eight teams per division. This also means realignment. And again... Realignment can come in a multitude of ways. You can either add Texas to one and Oklahoma to another, or you can completely redo the SEC East and the SEC West. And today, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go ahead and say what I believe is the best plan for both sides. So if you look at what the SEC East should be, it should be teams a little bit more northern. It should be teams a little bit more up top. So if that's the case, number one immediately would be Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is in in, um, uh, Nashville. Nashville's right in the heart of Tennessee. You want to be able to go get that team, you got to go with that. Number two is Tennessee. Tennessee is on the eastern time zone. And when you're in the eastern time zone, you're automatically east. So that 100% makes sense. Number three would be South Carolina. They, too, are on the eastern time zone. So not really an argument to be had there. Number four would be Georgia. They, too, are on the Eastern time zone. Not really much of an argument to be made there. When you have that, that kind of gives you the East. Number five would be Florida because they, too, are on the Eastern time zone. You get my point. You get my riffs. This is where it gets hard. Where do you go after this? I see most people saying you got to go with Alabama and Auburn. You got to send them over to the East. And, yes, you could – But there's another team you could send over to the East. And that's kind of where I'm going. I would put Arkansas in the East. I think Arkansas in the East makes it a little bit more easier for them to, one, win some games, and number two, actually recruit better. And you want Arkansas to be good. And I do think Arkansas has the skill set to be a really good team. And you look at the success they had in the 2000s, there's a very good shot that that could be coming back very soon one day. And I think that Sam Pittman's done a very good job in year one, and Barry Odom has done a really good job defensively. And if you keep those two, or at least you find guys like them to coach, that's a step up for Arkansas. So I would put Arkansas in there as the sixteen. The seventeen, in my opinion, would be probably Kentucky. Because, again, right up there, and it's right below Cincinnati. Cincinnati's East Coast, so there you go. And then you have the last one. What do you do with it? I feel like you have to, just to please the fan base, I think you have to put Texas A&M or Texas in that spot. I do. Do I like it? No, I'd rather them be in the same conference. 
But I feel like Texas A&M would fight so hard to make sure that if it was a rotational schedule, they would not have to play Texas every year unless it was a cross-rivalry. So at that point, I think for now, I would put Texas A&M in there. So the East would be Texas A&M, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, Kentucky, Arkansas, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, which then would mean Alabama would be in the West still, and they probably still would be the favorite. You put Auburn in the West because of I don't think you can separate the two. You put Ole Miss and Mississippi State, so the two Magnolia State schools, they would go in the West. After that, you then would say, okay, let's think about this for a second. It feels like the next best thing would be to put Oklahoma and Texas in. So you still keep the Red River showdown. You still have that game yearly. You don't have to worry about two cross-division rivals. And that's another big thing that happens. Whatever division Oklahoma's in, you either have to put Texas A&M or you have to put Texas in. And more than likely, you have to put Texas in it because of you can keep both the Red River rivalry and the cross-division rivalry with Texas A&M and Texas. So there you go with that one. And then after that, I think you put in LSU. And then I would say, I know I'm blanking on some. Oh, Ole Miss. So you would have LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. No, my bad, Missouri. My bad, Missouri. I so totally blank on that. So the SEC West would be Missouri, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Alabama, Arkansas, Alabama Auburn. Yeah, Alabama Auburn, Texas, Oklahoma. And then LSU. Yeah, so LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Missouri, Oklahoma, Texas, Alabama, Auburn. And that would be that's how you would do it. Because if you I think you'd have to keep both rivalries to make it work. You would have to have the SEC West feature Texas and Oklahoma. That way you could keep both. And that way you don't have to get rid of the Iron Bowl. That way you can still keep the third Saturday in October. And those are all things that are very crucial to teams that are already in the SEC. That's the big deal. You don't want to get rid of those rivalries. You can get rid of an Auburn, I mean, an, uh, an LSU, an A&M. There's not really a connection there. You can get rid of a South Carolina and Texas A&M. There's not really a connection there. You can't get rid of the Iron Bowl. And you can't get rid of the third Saturday in October. And you can't get rid of the largest cocktail party in the East. You can't get rid of those. Those are staples of the game. You can't get rid of the Egg Bowl. You have to keep those games available. So with that in mind, let's go through it one more time. LSU, Mississippi, Mississippi State, Alabama, Auburn, Oklahoma, Texas, Missouri in the West. You can still have the cross-rivalry. It would work in a lot of ways. And then on the East, you would have Arkansas, Texas A&M, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, South Carolina. That likely is the best plan if you were to add two more teams, which would be Texas and Oklahoma. Now, before we close out the show, I also want to talk about what would happen to the Big 12 because that is a big deal because that was Texas A&M's old conference and they kind of predicted it about a decade ago that the Big 12 eventually would just fold it into itself. So that's something to watch forward to. We'll talk about that next.
Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Locked On in August. Featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA mocks, Chad Forb, and Odyssey NBA expert, Brian Scalabine, former NNNBA general manager, Ryan McDonough. Our Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your home for all sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. So again, we're going to talk about the Big 12 for a minute. I know this is a locked-on Aggie show, but it is important because Texas A&M had so many years with all these teams in the Big 12 when they were in the Southwest Conference, when they were in the Big 12, and then watch the Big 12 slowly start to unravel during that late 2000s era, and then eventually they would leave in 2011. There's two ways that this can go. There's one, you can either add teams to the Big 12, and who would those teams be? Or you dissolve the Big 12 entirely, and then you do this, which would be a really big deal. So let's go ahead and say they want to keep the Big 12. For starters, you would have to make it a Big 12. You cannot go into the year with eight teams and call yourself the Big 12. It can't happen. You have to add four teams. Who would those four teams be? Geographically, because of how the conference is spread out, I would say the first team you add is Houston. Houston has the funds, and they also have shown in the last decade they're ready to win now. Now, they're not winning right now under Dana Holgerson, and maybe Dana Holgerson gets fired and they bring in another guy, like maybe an Alex Grinch, or like maybe a Bill O'Brien or something along the lines of that. And then they start winning again in the AAC. That'd make a lot of sense. You also add an SMU. SMU has really good recruiting ties in Texas. SMU is tied to all these programs, and there has been rivalries in the past between teams like Baylor and SMU, or Texas Tech and SMU or even Oklahoma and SMU. There have been rivalries for the Ponies. And Sonny Dykes has done a very good job keeping them involved and building up that program to where NFL scouts are looking at it. College programs are saying, yeah, they actually are a good contender. And they've ranked in the top 25. So I would throw them in the mix. Afterwards, it becomes tricky. Because there's two ways I think you can go with this. Really three. I'll go with the ones that I would do. But here's what I would say. You can go to the Pac-12 and try to steal Arizona and Arizona State, and that would make a little bit of sense because you already go all the way up to West Virginia. It'd make a lot of sense in that aspect. You can also go to Idaho and take Boise State from the Mountain West. You already have ties with the Mountain West because of TCU. So you could go ahead and grab them, and they would become the 11th team. You also could get BYU, who was in the Mountain West and also has been independent, and they would join the Big 12, and they would be able to start recruiting at a high-end level, and if last year proved anything, they are a team ready to win now in Provo. So now you would have Houston, SMU in the state of Texas, Idaho, which is right up top of where Colorado was, who once was in the Big 12, and then you also would have BYU and Utah, which would make some sense. It would. The other thing you could do is you can call back two former schools to go along with it in Nebraska, who has struggled immensely since joining the Big Ten, and Colorado, who's been a very average team in the Pac-12. You can then make that the Pac-11 or the Pac-12 by adding in a team like a Boise State 
or a team like a BYU. That would work. The other thing you could do is you could have another situation to where UCF, who claims to be a national champion, add them to the mix to where they are actually fighting for a Power 5 school, and Cincinnati, who has proven last year they can compete with anybody. And I do believe as long as Luke Fickle is the coach there, they will be able to compete with most schools. They rank already in the top 10 going into this year, and there's a very good shot they finish top 10. So now you add them to the Big 12, that strengthens the conference. The other thing you can do is dissolve it. You can easily dissolve the Big 12, and then what you'd be able to do is send schools elsewhere. The AAC needs three programs to be a 14-team program. And at that point, 14 teams feels like enough to make it a power five. So you add three. You would add Oklahoma State. You would add, at the same time, I would say Baylor. And you would also add in TCU. They would go to the AAC. And Oklahoma State and TCU likely would run that division, but at the same time, they would be in that conversation. The Pac-12, you then add two teams to make it the Pac-14. And 14 feels like now the safe of being a Power 5 conference. You would add Texas Tech, and you also would probably add a Boise State or a BYU. And now you're the Pac-14. On top of that, Kansas, Iowa State, and Kansas State will go to the Big Big Ten because you already have Iowa, you already have Minnesota, you already have all those schools around there in Nebraska. That would work. That's where they would go. And they would now have uh, 17 teams, and you probably would add an 18 team, which is where West Virginia comes in. West Virginia would go to the ACC and pit which is in Pennsylvania that already has Penn State, would go to the Big Ten. So now you no longer have the Big 12. The AAC is now a Power 5 conference with Oklahoma State, with Texas, I mean with TCU, and with Baylor. You then have 14 teams in the Pac-12 with Texas Tech, and I'll throw Boise State in there. I'll just say Boise State gets it because they're a little bit more of a relevant program. They now go there. The Big Ten is now really the Big 18 because you add in Kansas, Iowa State, Kansas State, and you'd also add in Pitt. And then the ACC would be, is it 14 or is it 12? Either way, you would add in West Virginia. So they would be there, and the SEC would have 16. So no more Big 12. But then also the non-Power 5 conferences would not include the AAC, which is included as the sixth conference. You then would have the Sun Belt, the Mountain West, and the Conference USA be the non-Power 5 schools, with the Power 5 programs being the SEC, that features 16 teams, the Pac-12, which would then turn into the Pac-14, or whatever you would call it, the Pac, which features 14 teams, the ACC, which now adds West Virginia, the Big 10, which at that point you're going to have to change the name because 18 is way too many. And then you would have the AAC take over as the non-Power 5 for Texas, I mean for the Big 12, that turns into a Power 5 school. 
That's going to do for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. Name right down there below. We'll be back on Monday to discuss everything else about SEC Media Days, what Jimbo Fisher did not say during his presser, and what are some things we want to answer during fall camp. See you on Monday. And remember, look at y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.